More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. About to be joined by Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee. And I've never had to say this before, ever on radio. So I just want to hit you guys with this. It is so cold right now in the state of Tennessee that they have had a massive, and Senator Haggerty may know something about this and be able to share for those of you in this TVA region, they are potentially going to have to shut down power all over the TVA region in the state of Tennessee. And I'm reading directly from the Nashville Electric Service here, but this may be happening in many different parts of the country. I'm just sharing it with you because it's possible this show is going to go to black, (laughs) And uh, I'm reading right now, NES customers, and this is Nashville area, will be experiencing rotating intermittent power outages in roughly 10-minute increments every one and a half to two hours until the power load is stabilized for the amount of electricity and power that is needed right now due to these low temperatures. So my point on this is, if you are driving around and suddenly in mid-sentence, I vanish. It is not because your radio has uh, has uh, has ceased to work or your radio station is not working. Also, it's not because I have been captured and, and, and dragged off the air. I should be fine, but the power may be going out all over my area where I am doing this live show from. In New York, they have got it set up so that there will be programming. But if we're in the middle of live programming and suddenly you hear something else, everything is fine. That's just the default that we are having to go to. I- I'm being honest. I've never to say that on live radio before, uh, but I just got that notification. We bring in now Senator Bill Haggerty. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with you, uh, Senator, but have you heard anything about this uh, potential power shortage or the rotating power outages uh, that might be necessary in the state of Tennessee, the TVA authority? 
Yes, I, I certainly have, Clay. Uh, two generators are down. Uh, they're working on it right now. They're trying to reduce, the TVA is trying to reduce its power load by about 5%. But these incredibly low temperatures, right right now it's 5 degrees uh, where I am here in Nashville. Uh, yep. These incredibly low temperatures are putting, I think, a big strain. They've asked people to lower their temperatures to 68 degrees to avoid using major appliances right now so they can get this problem resolved and, and, and get us back uh, online. But I think this is, is, is a, a sort of a precursor to what we may expect all over the country. Um, we've got a reliance now on a variety of fuel sources. Um, some of them are reliable. Some of them are not. And if you think about wind, solar, that sort of thing, that only work when the, uh, when the sun's shining, uh, you, you think about the, uh, the fact that we've got coal-fired plants that are shuttered right now. Uh, and what we're doing is placing ourselves in a position of vulnerability that we should never be in. Uh, America has the ability, the capability to be fully energy independent, and that capability is being frittered away as we make ourselves more and more dependent on countries like China, and we continue to shift. And look, I'm not against any power source, don't get me wrong, but I think we need to make certain that we have a very robust and reliable power source throughout America, and it's this sort of thing that makes us really, really, and we all should be deeply concerned. No doubt. And, and I mean, it really is just kind of a window. And, and, and I'm using my particular location uh, to tell this story right now. But there are many parts of the country that are going to be dealing with this as we deal with right now in the Nashville area, for instance, where you and I both are. 26-year record lows. It was minus two this morning when I woke up yeah. uh, in the area of Nashville. I live in Franklin, Tennessee, Williamson County. Okay, so you and I were texting during all this craziness going on with the $1.7 trillion uh, bill that passed the Senate yesterday, this omnibus bill. So I want to start yeah. with this question. You voted against it, uh, and and thank you for that vote. 18 Republican senators voted for it. What were they thinking? Why did they support this instead of forcing uh, Democrats to pass this, as they could have, 50-50, I believe. You can let me know on the mechanics whether that would have been possible. But instead, 18 Republican senators voted yes on this $1.7 trillion. Why did they vote yes? Why were you a no? What's the story there? First, just from a procedural standpoint, this required 60 votes. So 10 Republican senators were necessary. Chuck so they couldn't have passed to, this. This yeah. is important because, I, you know, again, a lot of people don't understand the procedures of the, of the Senate. If there had not been 10 Republicans vote yes, this bill could not have been passed. In other words, this wasn't a majority-only necessary bill in order to make it pass. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Now, now, much of the spending, most of this crazy spending has been, been done precisely the way you described it. You know, Go back to March of 2021 when they passed what they called the American Rescue Plan. Massive, uh, you know, massive subsidies flowed into the marketplace at a time that our economy is recovering. That was really setting. That's what really set off this massive inflation that we're rolling with. That and the energy policy that Biden has adopted, and then the the, the laughably titled um, Inflation Reduction Act, which is really just the Green New Deal with lipstick put on it. Uh, they passed that with just fifty votes as well. But this vote, um, the, the vote that took place yesterday, was basically for the normal budget going forward next year. But it had a lot of things in it that uh, I, I was not comfortable with. As you say, there, there are Republicans voted for it. There are things that they wanted uh, in that bill that uh, they were willing to go ahead and, and, and vote to pass it at this point in time. Every, everybody's got to you know, vote their conscience, but it did split our conference. I would have certainly preferred to have moved this on on a short-term basis into next year and let 
our Republican House of Representatives have a shot at dealing with this and, and undoing some of the damage that the Biden administration and the Democrat-controlled House and Senate that they've done these past two years to, to begin to undo that. Um, that will not be an option for us for the next year because this bill, uh, this bill is passed yesterday. And again, Chuck Schumer knew that he had the votes, and, and that's why he brought it to, to the floor in this manner. We almost had it stopped, though. And, and Clay, you'll remember on Wednesday night, everything came to a screeching halt because Chuck Schumer found out something that he didn't realize. And that is there's actually bipartisan support for addressing Title 42. You know, yep. a, a district judge recently lifted that. Title 42 is the uh, health-related rationale for stopping people at the border and turning them back. It's also a procedure that's much simpler for our Customs and Border Patrol agents to use to uh, you know, in terms of the paperwork that's required to get somebody, you know, processed and returned back to their home country. That is, that is no longer going to be in place. The district court judge said that, look, there's no longer a pandemic. I actually agree with that. Uh, so that rationale can no longer be used. I've tried three times now, um, as recently as Wednesday on the Senate floor to fix Title 42 and actually put in place a much more dreadful health concern, and that is drug overdoses from fentanyl. And giving Title 42 authority to our Customs and Border Patrol agents when they suspect drug smuggling may be in place. That is a great reason to turn people back. It's frankly one of the deadliest, uh, the deadliest byproducts of this collapsed southern border. That would have fixed this problem, and Democrats voted me down, blocked me three times. Now that we had this uh, Title 42 amendment that um, Schumer found out that he had uh, Democrat support for it, he had to completely bring everything to a stop, to a, to a screeching halt on this omnibus bill. They used the night to come up with a procedural trick that allowed his Democrats to vote as if they support Title 42 to actually vote for putting funding in for the wall and, and, and supporting many of the Trump era policies that were actually securing the border. They created this procedural gimmick that they designed to fail, and they pushed that through and brought us back to the floor uh, yesterday morning and finished the process of uh, voting in this $1.7 trillion mega spending bill that had so many bad things in it, I can't even tell you. So, Senator, you have worked in business before, and, and, and I think this is important because you, you made your uh, made a good amount of money. You didn't have to do this. You care about the country, so you've come back. There are a lot of people that are professional politicians. Some of them are great. A lot of them aren't. You well know. Do they understand basic economics? Like when when you, when you walk around and and talk to people in Congress, you've had to make. Uh, a business meet a budget. Every person listening to us out there has had to do it too. We started the Tea Party at ten trillion in debt. We're now well over thirty trillion in debt in the last twelve years. We're seeing yeah. the consequences of failed economic policy, as you mentioned, with inflation, with the energy policy that's out there. This is frustrating because there's a lot of Republicans listening to me right now. A lot of independent voters, a lot of Democrats, frankly, who listen to this show. And they're saying, man, what is the difference between a Republican and a Democrat if both of them are agreeing to spend $1.7 trillion and not even fighting to try to balance our budget in any meaningful way? I know that's well, frustrating I, to you, but can you take us into the window of what it's like to be a business person who could never run a for-profit business like our country is being run? You're, you're, you're certainly right. You can't even run a state this way because most states yeah. have balanced budget requirements. So. Uh, it's unique to Washington, the ability to print money. Uh, and it gets down to priorities, I think, in, in, in many cases. I know a number of my colleagues 
were very focused on the situation in Ukraine. They wanted the Ukraine funding in there. That's why Chuck Schumer put it there, to bring them across the line. I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Uh, so, you know, some folks will put uh, issues like that in, in front of the economic, the very basic economic concerns that I have. But if you step back and look at what's happened these past two years, and that's been, you know, I've only served in this Congress, um, and I've only run for office once. In fact, I was talking with uh, Coach Tommy Tuberville. I think he and I are the only people, certainly in our conference, who have not been in some sort of elective office before. Yeah. Um, and, and we were both scratching our heads wondering, how in the world uh, do, do you operate uh, uh, operate like this in Washington? But since we've both been there, what we've seen is Democrats use this reconciliation process, and without a single Republican vote, sh- you know, just, just shove through massive spending uh, that is more theology than any sort of economic, economically grounded, uh, economically grounded philosophy, and they're they're pursuing this Green New Deal again. The quote Inflation Reduction Act. That's all this is, is is Green New Deal. They go in and they bail out these blue states that have actually operated recklessly. Uh, that was that was all jammed into that initial 1.7 trillion dollar package that they shoved through back in March of 2021. Uh, you know, bailing out blue states, putting that burden on on red states like our own, or actually do balance our budget. Uh, it really has just been uh, an amazing exercise in political theology and philosophy without any sort of reckoning from an economic standpoint. And we're paying the prices. As you mentioned over $30 trillion in debt. Every time the Federal Reserve has to raise interest rates one point, 100 basis points, 1%, that 1% translates into over $300 billion of additional, additional interest that we have to pay. $300 billion, Clay, look, that's almost 10 times the size of Tennessee's budget. This is it's just it's just grotesque what is taking place right now. We've got to push back on this. We can push back on it. We just need to make certain that we've got Republican control. And and that's why I'd hope that this uh, spending package would have just been continued over into the early part of next year. We would have had Republicans in the House and begin to push back on some of this damage. That's just not where we are right now. Last question for you. And I think this is important, too. Uh, We're finishing the year. I want some optimism. Uh, you and I have been texting about looking at the 2022 data, talking about what we saw there, too. You're also a tech guy. How much of the plan that was in place for 2022, get out the vote, let's win a t- tight elections, has to be completely remade by Republicans in 2024? And are you optimistic we can learn from what Democrats are doing and start to replicate a lot of their get out the vote aspect? Because... Otherwise, we're going to lose Pennsylvania. We're going to lose Arizona. We're going to lose potentially Georgia. Many of these states that we have to win to take back the White House. Well, Clay, you and I were together on election night. You know how sad I was, how exhausted yeah. I was. I mean, I've been, I've been in seven states in 10 days campaigning. And I can tell you on the ground, we were winning. The polls showed we were winning in the public sentiment leading into Election Day. But we lost those races well before Election Day because of the changes that Democrats brought about in terms of voting rules. Uh, you know, some of these states had been voting since August. Uh, Nevada is a great example. They mailed out ballots to everyone on the voting rolls. And, you know, they don't do a great job of cleaning up these voting rolls. So in places like Las Vegas, some homes were getting four and five ballots. Then yeah. it's legal now in Nevada to go out and ballot harvest. You can have paid ballot harvesters go door to door and collect those ballots. Now, do you know whether the ballot is going to get there or not? Well, if, if it's a Democrat household or they like what's on it, it probably does make its way into the, quote, dump that happened. And they're allowed to continue to do that. Uh, all the way up till Saturday after Election Day on Tuesday. So I watched Nevada happen, and you know, day after day. And Nevada, by the way, Laxalt lost by what eight thousand votes or something of that oh, that magnitude. Minuscule. They they just yeah. they, they kept going until Friday until they got the number, 
of Democrat votes that they needed. And they kept doing this down around Las Vegas and Clark County and eventually got to the point that they had what they needed to win. And I'm not saying what they did is illegal, but we did not have the ground game to match that. So you and I have been talking about this, Clay. We absolutely have to revamp the way we do this. First, we have to have a legal team to go in and fight back as hard as the Democrats have to get sanity back into state-by-state voting laws. I mean, this whole notion of mailing out ballots to, you know, five and six ballots going to a household, that is ridiculous. And then ballot harvesting like they've done. When when Secretary of State James Baker, former President Jimmy Carter, sat on a, a bipartisan commission to look at the dangers of election integrity, the two things they cited that were the, were the most ripe for fraud were mail-out ballots and ballot harvesting, and that's exactly what the Democrats are focused on doing. So we need to go back state by state, push back on these rules, but whatever the rules happen to be, uh, when when the time comes to, to, to start voting, we've got to be locked and loaded. We've got to have people on the ground. We've got to have you know our folks working on mail-out ballots, and we've got to stay on this. We've got to match the Democrats head-to-head on what they're doing on the ground. It was the ground game, I think, that killed us. If you look at the map going into 2024, you know that's the source of optimism, and I'm, I'm with you. I want to end this conversation in an optimistic way. The Democrats have to defend 23 seats going into 2024. Republicans only have to defend 10. And three of those seats are states that, uh, that that are basically Republican states. So we definitely ought to be able to do this, but we have to do just as you say. We have to be able to match the Democrats at their own game and not lose this on an operational basis. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Senator Haggerty. I appreciate the time, as always, and look forward to crossing paths again sometime soon. Thank you, Clay. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. All the- Thank you. Uh, let me tell you guys, he's sharp. Senator Haggerty is sharp, smart guy. We need to be letting him lead some of these charges to figure out how to get our voters out. And I'm working on it, too, behind the scenes, but he's a sharp guy. I'm impressed. Uh, I got to tell you, look, my pillow so happy they've been able to restock their best-selling product, the original My Slippers. Say they're popular is an understatement. Just ask my wife. In fact, she's home right now, just walked through the studio wearing her My Slippers. All of her friends have them, too. Spoiler alert, you may be getting them from my family as a Christmas gift. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty. Now, during the season, they're also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. If you place your order through this weekend, you'll get a money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to save $90 on the original MySlippers. That's only $49.98 a pair right now. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 for this incredible offer. MyPillow.com. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the... The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. 
and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck out already, beginning the holiday with his family. He'll be back with uh, me after the first of the year. And in the meantime, we're going to have Jason Lewis and Todd Herman hanging out with you guys next week. Uh, And Jason is a former congressman from Minnesota's 2nd District. Also was a member of the House Budget Committee, and uh, he's been a guest host for Rush, and he's going to be having a good time with Todd. The book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press. And Jason, appreciate you joining us right now, and I want to hit you with this. Representative Dan Bishop, who's done a great job letting it be known what all is in the omnibus bill, said this new $1.7 trillion omnibus bill spends and this is crazy six billion dollars per day (laughs) 250 million dollars per hour and four million dollars per minute every day until september 30th when the process will start all over again um you were involved in this biden party (laughs) i mean the hunter biden stimulus package for strippers would definitely be uh (laughs) Would definitely be helped here. You've been through this process before, but the rush job, everything associated with it, did anything surprise you about the way this all went down? Well, when you get to Congress, Clay, and great to be with you, you know, you look around the room at first at that first caucus meeting and you say, hi, all these famous people here in Washington, I'm not certain I belong here. Then after about six months, you look around the room and say, I'm not certain they belong here. Uh, it doesn't take long to realize what the swamp really is. And that's why when we had controlled the budget process and did three budget reconciliation resolutions, you know, Mitt Romney said the other day, oh, we got to do this entire fiscal year spending blowout because we just can't trust Republicans in the House to fashion a budget. We did it in the 115th Congress. Obama left us a six-month budget. We had to do that one. Then we did 18 and 19. And you know what the total discretionary spending was then? $1.132 trillion. You know what it is now with this? $1.7. So over a half a trillion dollars in spending in the matter of a couple of years since the Trump administration, since I served in Congress. This is a total betrayal 
by Senate Republicans. It is a total betrayal by Senate leadership. And I'll tell you, it's nothing new, Clay. Remember, when we repealed Obamacare in 2017, we had it done. Two tough votes. People like Dan Bishop stood up, stuck their their neck out, got it over to the Senate. It's going to go to conference committee until John McCain and Lisa Murkowski say, oh, thumbs down, we kill that. The Senate is where all good things go to die in Republican politics. And it's got to change or... But they're not going to have any support left. The party's not going to have any support left. Well, you hear from a lot of people, and and I'm glad you brought that up, but the number one thing that I am hearing in the wake of this $1.7 being spent is not people angry at Democrats. Because right. look, I mean, they're doing what they promised to their constituents they would be, they would do, spend yeah, money. They're put on earth to bankrupt the country. <laughs> That's right. And but 18 Republican senators went along with this, and as Bill Haggerty just told us, if they hadn't gotten to 60, in other words, if only nine Republicans right. had gone along with it, they couldn't have rammed through this 1.7 trillion, and we would have been able to allow that Republican House to at least have a go at it in uh the beginning in a of a couple year. of weeks yeah you do a cr for a couple of weeks and then the house budget committee has to do three budget reconciliations like we did in 2017 and 2018 it's it's not that difficult unless you really want to spend the money unless you like what the democrats are doing in the senate and it wasn't just this omnibus spending bill respect for marriage act which basically codified um, the Hodges decision nationwide, amnesty, voter ID, federalizing elections. You had the dirty dozen that expanded, led by Tom Tillis of North Carolina, so Dan Bishop knows what he, of what he speaks. But you had the dirty dozen on the Respect for Marriage bill that expanded into 18 on the omnibus bill. And, and I, you know, I think the Republican Party needs to go back and look at Ike's farewell speech. When he said the military industrial complex announced the national security state, they upped the FBI appropriation. Republicans, after what we know the Bureau has done, um, these guys like this stuff and they've got sort of this national security state apparatus, which is telling them, Oh, we got to have increases there. We got to have increases in the Pentagon. No audit, a bill I sponsored. Um, so in order to get that, Schumer says, okay, then we'll double social spending too. And so they come to an agreement that basically puts the next generation of kids on the on the on the hook for it, they're, and they're not going to be able to pay it off the debt. We're going to have a sovereign debt crisis soon. Where does all this go? I mean, because I, I, I what I started the show talking about was the Tea Party began its protest against wild government spending when we had a ten trillion dollar deficit. That was the yeah. number that set off alarm bells. $10 trillion oh my debt, goodness! Right. Right. Yeah, $10 trillion debt. Yeah, maybe we'll have a budget at some point, uh, the way things are going. But now right. we're over $30 trillion. Yep. And if you look at that in the space of 12 years, we basically added $20 trillion in debt. That's roughly you know $1.5 trillion a year or so. That means in 20 years, we might be sitting at a $60 or $70 trillion debt if we continue at the same pace. That's and right. God knows what's going to happen with inflation uh, and overall borrowing costs going up. That just eats up more and more of the federal budget on a year-to-year basis. How does this change? How did what happens? Well, the vigilantes used to call them the bond vigilantes, you know, and the, the government would have a blowout. Interest rates would rise because they weren't printing money, and that would rein in the spending somewhat. Well, now since really Bill Clinton, the the, the glue that's held this together has been artificially low interest rates by the Fed. 
what that did essentially was monetize all this spending you're talking about. When you have all that fiat money and the Fed is just putting a credit on the Treasury's checkbook, then soon you'll have massive inflation and then you'll get interest rates rising no matter what the Fed does because they'll be out of tools. So this is the problem with printing money. It takes off the guardrails of spending, Clay. I mean, if, yeah. if you didn't print the money, interest rates would either skyrocket or taxes would skyrocket and there would be a revolt. But if you're printing the money, it's the it's the worst way to debauch a currency. It's the worst way to raise taxes on the next generation. And I think the bill is going to come due soon because as rates rise, just interest on servicing the debt a year will be a trillion dollars in the federal budget. Yep. And so no, it I is mean, unsustainable. You're quite right. Yeah, and it, and it's terrifying because I don't think a lot of people understand that. But, you know, when you have a low interest rate environment, the cost of borrowing is effectively limited to a substantial subsidized. degree. It's subsidized, right? Yeah, right. Subsidized. Right. And now you're dealing with what's going to have to be, you know, five and six percent interest rates. And we just had Bill Haggerty on talking about just what the cost of that interest is. Yeah. And it's it's frankly unsustainable. So I don't know how it blows up. And I don't know how bad it's going to get. Well, we'll, we'll become a third world banana republic that keeps devaluing its currency. So right. if you've saved up $500,000 to retire, it'll be worth 200000 They'll just devalue it. And it, so it will make everyone poorer. And then if you get, you know, if the Chinese get their way and their currency becomes the international currency, then you're really going to have a run on the dollar. We, we are flirting with disaster. We, we really are. And I don't think... And that's why, to your earlier point, Clay, people are so upset with those Republicans. They're supposed to be the green eye shade, you know, bookkeepers that keep this thing in check. And they just went over to the dark side. Well, I know you're going to have a lot of opportunity to talk to our audience next week. We cannot wait for you guys to sit in. We thank you for being willing to sit in, talk to our audience. I know they're going to love hearing from you, and uh, hopefully you can help to it'll continue be to bring just sanity. Like, Clay, it'll be just like a Vikings game in the fourth quarter. You have no idea how it's going to turn out. <laughs> hey, at least your field goal kickers in the playoffs are always reliable. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too low of a blow for all the Viking yeah, fans right, out right. there. Uh, it's a good thing we've got low taxes up here. That's all I gotta say. Hey, I live in Tennessee. We got no state income tax. I'm happy with that. Um, we'll talk. We may not have power at some point. If that happens, you'll be back. But uh, in the meantime, you'll definitely be back on Monday. And thanks for everything you're doing for the show. And uh, I know our audience is going to love hearing from you. Clay, thanks to you. Appreciate it. No doubt. Uh, that is Jason Lewis, formerly Minnesota Congressperson. I believe you guys are going to have a fantastic time hearing from him because he represents a wing of the house republicans and the republican party in general used to be made up with adults and there used to be people who made rational decisions and they used to be men who actually had testosterone now testosterone doesn't really exist i've told you i think the biden white house it's the lowest testosterone level in the men that work there in american history does it surprise you that they would fail at everything when they don't have testosterone and they are constantly without energy, without vigor, without vitality, without, frankly, very much manhood at all? Who wants to go through life without realizing their full potential? No one, unless you are a Democrat in the Biden White House. So I'm telling you about chalk. Chalk.com is the way place to go. We'll get all natural daily supplements, give you energy, focus, and stamina. You're going to love the way you feel. With chalk, we recommend the male vitality stack because its leading ingredient restores testosterone and it's 
not very high, the testosterone levels right now in the country. In fact, 50% below where they have been historically, and it will help hook you up, give you more energy to start off 2023. And right now, you can get an incredible offer. Go to choq.com right now. That's chalk.com, choq.com. You use my name, Clay, and you get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. Not just a month, not even a year, for the life of your purchase. You can cancel at any time. Chalk.com, use my name in the purchase price. Ensure that you are not the weak beta males of the Biden White House with testosterone coursing through your body. All natural, chalk.com, choq.com. Use my name, Clay, 35% off for life. It's a perfect Christmas gift. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we power through Christmas Eve Eve, if you got young kids out there, as I know Alex Berenson does, this time of the year can be a fun time, but also a uh, a crazy time. So I appreciate everybody making time uh, to uh, to hang out with us. And Alex Berenson joins us now, one of the true truth tellers of the 2022, 2021, 2020 cycle of insanity in this country. Alex, appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. I mean, I do feel like 2022 is the year... Uh, you know, the world sort of started to catch up to you and me and team reality. I mean, it's 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 definitely started to happen. Amen. Uh, okay, so you had an interesting piece up uh, about these COVID shots. And I do think this is important because I, I hope that this holiday season, for many of you out there, even if you have crazy left-wing family members, like maybe you're not wearing masks, asking you about your COVID shot status. But there are studies out there now saying that if you get the COVID shot, you may be more likely to get COVID. A couple of them that you wrote about. Um, what is the latest data on these COVID shots? Sure. So, um, so yeah, so I wrote about this in my Substack. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, there, there are two studies, but the more important one actually just came out just a few days ago, and it's from the Cleveland Clinic. And what the Cleveland Clinic did was look at you know, it's a very large workforce, a very large hospital system. It's not just one hospital in Ohio. So they have about 50,000 employees, and um, about 10,000 of those employees had received the bivalent booster. In other words, the fall booster that, you know, everyone's talked about or that the government is, you know, pushing as the, the great thing that's going to stop you from getting COVID. And, of course, a lot of us, I think, know anecdotally that this is not true, that, you know, we know lots of people who got boosted and got COVID, um, you know, including uh, including Rochelle Walesky, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, the head of the CDC. So 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 we intuitively know this isn't true. But what this but what the Cleveland Clinic did is they looked at infections by the number of shots that people had received, people who had been infected, and they looked at the 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 vaccination history of those people. And it turned out, and this was pretty stunning even to me, that that not only did the did the people who'd been uh, vaccinated the most have the highest risk of COVID, the differential in this study was about three and a half to one. So you were three and a half times more likely to be infected with the new newest variant, with the new Omicron variant, if you'd been uh, if you'd been vaccinated at least three times than if you hadn't been vaccinated at all. And the other thing about this was one shot was riskier than two. I'm sorry, one shot was riskier than none. Two was riskier than one. 
three was riskier than two. So it was sort of a perfect, what, what, uh, what doctors call a perfect dose response curve, which is exactly the opposite of the vaccine working. The more doses you got, the more likely you were to be infected with this virus. Okay, so this is a big revelation. You were one of the first people to point out, and the data certainly confirmed it, that even people who claim that they love the shots and that they're working fantastically well are actually not getting the shots for their kids uh, because the intake rate, thankfully, for young children is wildly low, right? Yes, so yes. where below does this go? For kids under five. What percent is that? Oh, yeah. Below 10% for kids yeah. under five. And the, and the other thing that's amazing is a significant number of people who got one shot, so people who ran out in July and August and got their kid the first shot didn't get the second. Yeah. So so even the true believers woke up at some point over the summer. So, I mean, I Where think that's it? important. Ninety percent of American parents, of uh, people who are five and younger, and I've raised three through that point. I think you've got a couple in that age range now, Alex. Anybody out yep. there who has done this knows that is the age when you are the most obsessed with the health of your children imaginable because they are so young, they are so vulnerable. 90%, it's only 10%. Even even a lot of these left-wingers are not actually getting their young children the COVID shot despite what they may be saying publicly about how many COVID shots they're getting themselves. So where does this leave us, Alex, in particular, now that even China, now that even China has said, hey, this... COVID zero, zero COVID, however you want to classify it, is not a viable option going forward. Essentially, they finally said in China, everybody's going to get this. And the overall impact, this is significant, they said is unlikely to be very substantial because the Omicron variant is so mild. Uh, Where does this leave us as we enter into 2023 as it pertains to COVID? Well, you know, so I I think... I mean, I think the mRNAs are effectively dead. The COVID vaccines are effectively dead, right? It's, it's as you said, the ki- kids are not getting them. Uh, and beyond that, the bivalent boosters, again, these fall boosters, uh, a majority of adults over 65 haven't gotten those, which is pretty incredible. Um, and, and, you know, and so there's been all kinds of excuses, though. People didn't know that these shots existed or or, you know, it's harder for them to get it. It's, it's, it's all lies. People know that these shots are out there and they're being pushed to get them and they're just rejecting them. Um, so, so I think they're dead. Okay, so um, if they're dead, do you think the significance, or sorry, what, what do you think about China and the so, zero COVID so basically being abandoned funny, there too? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned China because that's going to be my next Substack, by the way. Um, and I'm glad to have you as a reader because you do seem to read most of them, which is pretty cool. Um, but so, so, you know, I think, you know, what there's to say about China is that China is, uh, uh, they are, first of all, they're not going to go with the mRNAs, right? They, 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 they don't want our vaccines. That's 100% clear. They are just going to open up and they're going to have a few bad weeks. And then it's probably going to be like Hong Kong where they're done. Okay. And for people who have been in what you and I used to call team apocalypse, China is a real problem. Right. Because if things open up and go badly, it means the lockdowns were useless. Okay, if things open up and go well, it means their vaccines are actually better than our vaccine. Because guess what? Australia, Taiwan, countries that opened this year after locking down and used the Western vaccines have had a lot of problems with COVID this year. So if you're the New York Times, on the one hand, you're kind of rooting for, you know, things to be terrible in China, which is an awful thing to say, but it is how the coverage reads. On the other hand. You you know, that means the lockdowns were useless. 
Yeah. What, whatever happens in China, it, it will be a failure for the Covidians, right? It will be more proof that the Swedish strategy was the correct one. Now, I do think, I think they're going to have a wave. I think there's going to be significant number of deaths, which they're going to lie about. They're already clearly lying about those. And then, and then it'll be done because that's what happened in Hong Kong, which is the most like China in terms of, uh, you know, age of population, obviously ethnicity, uh, population density and the vaccines they use. So Hong Kong had a bad spring and now it's done with COVID. The countries that are not done with COVID and are going to seemingly have to live with this for a while longer are countries like us and countries in Europe that use the super fancy new vaccines. Those vaccines just look worse and worse and worse as time goes on. I mean, clearly they they did some good in early 2021, but ever since then, they've looked like a worse and worse bet. So this is why I'm really intrigued by what's going on in Florida and the fact that they are essentially opening a grand jury in the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis is, to look at whether there was fraud from Moderna and Pfizer. Now, I know... Uh, and this is me putting on my lawyer hat, Alex. I know that there was immunity given to rush these COVID shots out. And I'm not even calling them vaccines and haven't been for a sure. long time. They're just a shot, right? Um, and, uh, and so are you at all intrigued to see whether there may be some states start to pursue fraud charges, you know, try to get some of this taxpayer funded profits back from Moderna and Pfizer over effectively a shot they sold to us? on a fraudulent basis because as you have pointed out and we pointed out on this show for a long time alex they told you if you get these shots you will neither get nor spread covid it'll basically yep. end that didn't happen and most of the time when you are sold a product and that product is sold for profit and it doesn't do what they told you it would do that is called fraud and the company that produces that would be sold to say nothing of the deleterious impact that might be coming from the covid shot which I may want to hold you on to ask, but that first question, do you think there are lawsuits that should be filed to bring back the profits over these shots? Well, I mean, I think, look, I'm, I'm glad uh, Ron DeSantis, who's really been in the lead on this from, you know, late March 2020, early April 2020, and, and, and I'm old enough to remember, as you are, Clay, people at the Washington Post and elsewhere saying that Ron DeSantis should be tried for manslaughter. Oh, yeah. Um, because he didn't lock down Florida quickly enough. Ron DeSantis understands the science uh, and has followed this better than any other politician in the United States. And look, I think it's a long shot. I, I don't think, I think it's going to be very hard because Pfizer's going to say, first of all, they're going to say we have immunity. Second of all, they're going to say, we, you know, we, we were under enormous pressure. Society wanted these. We did the trials as best we could and as fast as we could. And this is what they found. And yeah, the protection didn't last, but we didn't know that. So proving, proving that they didn't know that, uh, you know, that's where, you know, that's where we're going to have to see what the documents show. Um, but th but they have a strong defense. But am I glad DeSantis is doing this? I'm absolutely glad he's doing this. Can you come back uh, for a couple of minutes to close out the hour? Because I want to ask you this question. Should people be concerned about the all-cause mortality rates that are going up? Is there any evidence to reflect that that is really connected in any way to the shots? Can you come back and help us break absolutely. that down? Yeah, I, I, I'd love to talk about that. Okay, perfect. We're going to ask Alex about that when we come back, because that's data and analysis that I'm curious what he's seeing on those numbers. In the meantime, rising inflation, volatile stock market wreaking havoc on retirement accounts. Until economic uncertainty turns around, Phoenix Capital Group suggests you diversify your investments. They're introducing investors to high-value oil and gas investments here in the United States with a current yield, which can range from 8% to 11% paid monthly, 
These are corporate bond offerings, and they're open to all investors with annual interest paid monthly. Phoenix Capital Group offers live webinars to learn about Phoenix's business structure, ways they offer security for the offerings, risks, and their financials. They host live Q&As where they'll answer all your questions. Sign up at investingwithphx.com or you can call 323-PHOENIX. Investment in bonds has certain risk. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Sign up today at investingwithphx.com. That's investingwithphx.com. Or you can call 323-PHOENIX to connect. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Going to take your calls, 800-282-2882. But I want to just take a moment here to also just thank you all so much for spending 2022 with both Buck and myself. We have had a tremendous time talking with you, hanging out with you. We've been all over the country. We'll continue to travel all over the country and be meeting you guys and uh, the response and the uh, overwhelming warmth that you have shown for both of us as we have rolled through this 2022 year 
has been uh, nothing short of incredible. And I think one of the things that's important to remember is we all have a relatively short period of time on this planet. And thankfully, we get to spend it as Americans. But the legacy that we live leave behind is something that at some point all of us start to contemplate. And I know for me, it started in earnest having kids. Because before you have kids, everything in your life is kind of your own focus. Once you have kids and grandkids, as I know many of you out there do, you start to think about the, the, the life that you are going to leave and the legacy that you're going to leave. And to me, the Christmas season is a big part of that because we get the opportunity to impact people in so many important ways. Uh, and I don't take that for granted. It's a privilege to talk to you guys every single day. And I was thinking about that some this morning. I saw a clip shared uh, from Alabama head football coach Nick Saban. And I thought it was so interesting because one of the things that I spend a lot of time with now is talking to my kids and also younger kids out there about their ability to make a difference and about while it's easy to focus on external factors, ultimately what determines your success or failure in America is you. It really is. It's the choices that you individually make. And I'm going to keep beating this home. I'm, I'm writing about it in my book right now. But I want to make sure that I use it and mention it as often as I can on this show because this show can be such a force for good. And there's so many of you that can take what you learn on this show and put it to work in your own lives, in your own social circles with your friends and family. And it's this. This is what I would like for every young person to be told right now. If I could speak to every 8-year-old in America. I've got an 8-year-old in my house right now. He's in second grade. I'm fortunate to get to talk to him. But if I could talk to every 8-year-old, because I think that's when they start getting old enough to understand this, and just drill this into them over and over and over again about the power of their own individual decision-making. Look, we can't in America guarantee that every single one of you is going to be rich. We just can't do it, right? I wish we could. can give you the opportunity to become rich. There are a lot of different ways to count wealth as as well, as we all know, not just physical and monetary. One of the biggest obstacles we have in America is an absence of hope. A lot of people out there, certainly COVID has accelerated this, have lost hope. They've lost the ability to believe in themselves. So we got to talk to young people. And what I would ask for you and your to tell your kids and your grandkids out there, you can't guarantee that your kids are going to be rich unless you happen to be super wealthy and you leave money to them. And even that's fraught with peril because it doesn't necessarily teach kids the best life practices to suddenly be given a lot of money without having to work for it. But every kid out there growing up in America today, boy or girl, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever race they may be, whatever gender they may be, they do three things you can guarantee them that they're not going to be poor. Guaranteed you're not going to be poor in America today if you can do these three things. Graduate from high school. Every single kid in America should be able to graduate from high school. 
get married one day. Like to think that everybody out there in America could get married. Don't have a kid until you are 25 years old. Now listen, some of you had kids before 25. Nothing wrong with that. But if you do those three things, you will 100% not be poor in America, no matter how poor you are starting off. Graduate from high school, get married, don't have a kid until you are 25 years old. If you can just do those three things, you are guaranteed not to fail in America. How remarkable is that? Doesn't matter where you're starting. Doesn't matter what your life circumstances are. Tell young kids, graduate from high school, get married, don't have a kid until you are 25 years old. There is a 0% poverty rate in America if you do those three things. It's a pretty good Christmas gift. Self-reliance. One of the best things that I've ever heard sayings, you can only rely on the hand at the end of your sleeve. It's great if you have the opportunity to lift people up. It's great if you have the opportunity to put people in a better life position than they otherwise would be. And that's a tremendous goal. But ultimately, every single one of us can only rely on the hand at the end of our sleeve. And those three things, graduate from high school, get married, don't have a kid till you're 25 years old. Now, people can make different choices. Some of you out there have been very successful having done some of those things that I'm telling you not to do. But every kid out there, that's powerful to me. If you're a teacher, three things. A lot of people focus on how to get rich. That's important. One of the things that I've learned is lifting the floor can be as important as worrying about the ceiling. A lot of people want to have a lot of success in life, and they look only towards the sky, towards the ceiling. That's fantastic. Aspiration is great. But one of the things you can do that is most beneficial in life is lift your floor. Limit how far you can fall. Something to think about. Um, Want to play this clip for you of Nick Saban, who is probably the best college football coach ever, talking about a young freshman that he was having to mentor inside of the University of Alabama program who was responding emotionally to other kids. And I think this is so well said. Just listen. One story I like to tell that happened to a player here. He got in a little trouble when he was a freshman. Some guys called him a bunch of names. They were drinking, and he got really upset. So he went over and grabbed one of them by the nap of the neck. Police came, and he could have got arrested. I called him in my office, and I said, man, you just can't do those kinds of things. You can't expect me to let people call me those kind of names, do those kinds of things, and not do something about it. And I said, you know what? I agree with you. But, you know, you're going to be a first-round draft pick someday. You're going to make $30 million if you're a first-round draft pick. If that cop would have given you an assault charge, you would be a third-round draft pick, and you would make $2 million. For $28 million, is it worth it to be right? You know what his response to that was? You'll never have any more trouble with me, coach. And he never did, and he really became a first-round draft pick and signed for $40 million. I missed it by 10 Sometimes you have to be able to realize what the consequences of your behavior is, regardless of what your emotional commitment might be to it. 
So well said. Sometimes I think we wasted Nick Saban on football because he's such a good life coach in general. And he's obviously had a lot of impact on 18 and 19 and 20-year-old kids. But I wonder if he could have had a more substantial impact on the country sharing advice like that. And so I want all of you listening right now, as we get ready for Christmas, you're going to be around your families. Boys in particular, young men are messes in this country. There are far too few father figures. But I want all of you to think about that, boys and girls. Your grandkids, you can tell them those three things. Graduate high school, get married, and don't have any kids until you are 25 years old. You will not be poor. And a huge part of success, this is why this matters so much to me in particular, my grandfather, I was named after, Clay Travis, he had an eighth grade education. He worked in a DuPont factory in Old Hickory, Tennessee, his entire life. The reason why I was able to have the success that I did was because of the sacrifices that he made. He never flew on an airplane in his entire life. He barely left the state of Kentucky where he was born or the state of Tennessee. But his grandson, myself, I've had tremendous opportunities because of what he did. Because he lifted the floor. It's great to have huge aspirations and to shoot for the moon and try to do everything. But everybody can lift the floor. And if you lift the floor, your kids, your grandkids have opportunities that you yourself may not have had. It's a big idea called the adjacent possible. Everybody's life has an adjacent possible. In other words, you have to achieve something in order to be able to grow, right? And science is really about the adjacent possible, right? The idea of you stood on shoulders, which is a great quote from Newton, Isaac Newton, if I've seen far, and I'm paraphrasing this quote, but if I've seen far, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. All of us can raise that floor just by ba making basic choices of individual responsibility. And I think a lot of times what Nick Saban's talking about there is kids don't see the hope. They don't see the future. You might have grand aspirations. Oh, I want to be a millionaire. I want to live in that neighborhood. I want to go get a graduate degree. I want to go to college. Whatever your dreams may be, you have to take steps to get there. Lifting the floor, graduate high school, get married, don't have a kid until you're 25. Lifting the floor is oftentimes more valuable than shooting for the moon in terms of what you can do for your family and what your kids can do for their families, regardless of what your background is. That, to me, is the American dream, lifting the floor for your entire family. I'll close out the show with some calls from all of you as we sit here on Christmas Eve. Eve, but it's a privilege, as it always is, to hang out with you guys. And I want to tell you, feeling good comes from having oftentimes great energy. How do you achieve a lot of success? Oftentimes, it's by relying on your innate energy. How many of you are having trouble getting out of bed right now? 
You don't have the same vim, vigor, vitality that you might have had before. Maybe it's because your testosterone's declining. Maybe because your natural body is not producing what it could be in order to give you the best opportunity for success. That's why chalk.com can make a big difference. You can go to chalk.com right now, just in time for the holiday, choq.com, and get a 35% discount on any chalk subscription for life. You can use my name, Clay, to get that full discount on the purchase process. Cancel at any time, and you won't want to cancel, though, because you're going to see great results and how good you're going to feel. So go today. Check it out. choq.com. Use my name, Clay. C-L-A-Y is a code. You get 35% off. Do it today. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.